Our God is a God of new beginnings. Now take a breath. Let go of yesterday, it's all gone. Embrace this day, it is His gift. Lift up your hearts, and let's learn together how to find God the sacred in everything. I want to invite you today to do some creative, redemptive, non-anxious hovering. So take a moment and think about a problem that you have, an unanswered question, something that you're worried about. This is a glorious day right now. It's coming to an end. My worry is that this is about the time of day where the dogs get released, and I don't have a bone. I think the dogs like me for me, but I'm not at all sure that they would like me if I don't have a bone. So I'm talking to you, but I'm keeping an eye out. Now, we're going through the book of Genesis, and part of why it's so important that we do this is because it is so often dismissed on our day. Many people think of Genesis. Um, it was written when people were pre-scientific. They just didn't know any better, so they made up the stuff, but now we have science. We don't need it. And it's important for us to understand Genesis is discussing questions that science does not have answers to. Scientists got all puffed up one time and they came to God. We understand all about physics and chemistry and biology. We now know how to make life. So we want to have a man-making contest against you. And God says, that's fine. You go first. And so they gather together some dust with which to make a man. And God says, no, 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 no. Make your own dust. See, one of the great questions... There's an article by John Horgan, I think is his name in the Scientific American, uh, calls it the question is, why is there something rather than nothing? And he says, although it's hard to make this kind of prediction, that's a question he does not think that science will ever be able to answer. Not um, if there is a vacuum according to the laws of physics, why should something pop into existence out of it? But why do the laws of physics exist? And this is where sometimes people think science has answered questions that it is not. This is from G.K. Chesson in The Everlasting Man. Nobody can imagine how nothing can turn into something. Nobody can get an inch nearer to it by explaining how something can turn into something else. It is really far more logical to start by saying, in the beginning God created heaven and earth. Even if you only mean in the beginning some unthinkable power began some unthinkable process. For God is by its nature a name of mystery. And nobody ever supposed that man could imagine how a world was created any more than he could create one. But evolution really is mistaken for explanation. It has the fatal quality of leaving on many minds the impression that they do understand it and everything else. So part of what the Bible teaches us is that God created ex nihilo, out of nothing, that there is something that exists and there is a reason for that and that it began with a person, that it's much more logical to believe that a person came first and thought and then came particles than to believe that somehow a bunch of particles ultimately formed a person and that initial person was God. But, 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 here's where we're going to get to the hovering thing. Here's what's interesting. In Genesis, the very beginning, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And in Hebrew, that phrase, um, formless and empty or void, is quite a famous one, tohu wabohu, 
And it's kind of the antonym of the heavens and the earth. Remember, the heavens and the earth God made, that's the ordered existence of all things. But before there was that, there was chaos. Everything was unformed and unfilled. We'll see how God forms it in the first three days and then fills it in the next three days. But initially, there's just chaos. The great fear in the ancient world was chaos. And so these images of darkness and the ocean, chaos is non-order. Chaos is where life is not working the way that it's supposed to work. And we experience that in our day, internal chaos, anxiety, depression, external chaos, conflict between people, aging. Today is the first day in several days that I have not had a little piece of tissue paper on my ear because I cut myself and everybody kept asking me, did you cut yourself shaving? And actually I did cut myself shaving because part of what happens is you keep aging as hair stops growing where it's supposed to grow and it um, starts growing where it's not supposed to grow. And so we have chaos in our lives, and it threatens us. Chaos always threatens life. Chaos is anti-shalom. How do we respond to it? Well, we tend to respond to it by obsessive, worried hovering. We try to control what we cannot control, because we're the fellowship of the withered hand. I can't. Hovering parents. About 1969 is the first time that the phrase helicopter parents got used. And parents who were worried over their kids would try to take control. They would do things like call them up in college and wake them up on time to go to class. Or complain to their professor in college of their kid because their kid didn't get a high enough grade. Or literally negotiate with their kid's boss when their adult children got a job. We hover over situations that we cannot control. A young couple wants to buy a home, and the market all of a sudden seems to be collapsing. And they're deeply concerned about what are they going to do, so their minds just hover over this. When I was going through some very, very difficult times, my good friend Kevin said to me one time, and he's somebody who has great confidence in me and great love for me, he said, John, I just want you to know, I am not troubled at all by the, any of the challenges you're facing. I thought, well, good for you. Maybe I will give you some. Now, here's what I want to tell you. God is not troubled at all by any of the challenges that you are facing. Not because he does not care, but because he's always there. Here's how creation happens. It is such a fabulous picture. The earth is formless and void, unformed and unfilled, And then the Spirit of God. Sometimes it's translated the wind of God. In Hebrew, ruach, wind and breath and spirit can all be used to translate this same word. And part of what they understood was wind is not a secular natural thing. Breath is not a secular natural thing. The Spirit of God is in them. And so at the beginning... Before light and dark are separated, before the creation, there is chaos, there is non-order, but God is present and the Spirit is hovering. We don't see anything happening yet, but God is not inactive. God is there. God is doing creative hovering, redemptive hovering. I love this picture. It is as though the Spirit of God is over all of this chaos and thinking, what might be? What might I do? What great creation, what great project could I embark in? And then, of course, you and I are ultimately going to get to be a part of this.
And then we'll see this as we go on. God will begin to speak and then things will happen. But it all begins with the hovering of the Spirit of God. Unseen, unheard, unknown. God is hovering in your life right now. And there may be chaos, but you are not alone. The Spirit is hovering there. So the invitation for you and me today, identify where's the chaos in my life. Where am I afraid? Where is that dog that's going to come running around the corner when I do not have a bone? Where's the money going to come from? Where's the tohu wabohu? But the invitation is to realize the Spirit of God is hovering there. New beginning. Take a breath. Many years ago, I was anxiously hovering as a parent over a child while I was concerned about where, where will they go spiritually, what decisions will they make. And I was ruminating. I was no good to them or to myself. And I felt so out of control, wanting to helicopter. And I described the situation to my friend Dallas. And then here was his word to me. He said, I would offer gentle, non-anxious prayers to God on behalf of the one that you love. Because frantic, anxiety-filled prayers, that kind of obsessive hovering will not do any good to them or to you or to God. I would offer gentle, non-anxious prayer. So the invitation to you today, God is the God of new beginnings. Where's there chaos in your life? Take a breath. Realize the Spirit is hovering over the chaos. I have found in the chaos of my own life that I cannot control God to be at work in ways that have formed some of the deepest relational moments, some of the most redemptive conversations. And by the way, the chance that I get to do this together with you, that came out of the Spirit of God hovering over the chaos in my life. So today, could be small chaos, dog coming around the corner, hair growing out your ear, could be really big chaos. Illness, death, loss, financial catastrophe. The Spirit is hovering over the tohu wabohu. Take a breath. Offer a gentle, non-anxious prayer. God, would you hover with me? Hover in my mind. Be in my thoughts. Give me a new beginning. That's the end of this teaching the beginning of your day with God. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tim. I'm a part of the team here at Become New. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each video, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Or if you'd like to receive a text alert whenever we release a new video, you can text the word become to the number 855-888-0444. If you have a prayer request, please let us know. You can text that request to that same number, 855-888-0444. There's a group of us who meet every day to pray over those requests. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.